that time. The Sports Talker. Here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Wednesday hump day edition of the Sports Talker here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. What a sports day it has been, uh, likely will be. The only thing to talk about last night was the Giants' blowout win over the Royals. Game was over in the first inning, and uh, that's the way you take out a crowd is punch them right in the gut from the get-go, just like the Giants did. I said I thought the Giants would win in five. I'm feeling pretty good about that if they're able to pull off the win. Tonight, I've got a good feeling that uh, I've got a really good feeling about the Giants winning in five. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, plenty to talk about today. Not so much with UK and Uvo. There's a little bit to talk. I, there's, there's, I shouldn't say a little bit, but there's plenty to talk about there. Uh, SEC media days going on right now. Well, they came out with the SEC. Uh, rankings, the team that the media picked to win the league, first team, second team, and I've got some problems with that. I'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. And UNC news is the topic of the day. Uh, Just some unbelievable findings all coming out today. Uh, So we're going to spend uh, some time talking about that and what that may mean for UNC, Roy Williams, the basketball program could affect the football program, the overall overall picture in North Carolina. Uh, There's some UNC uh, alum media members on Twitter um, just completely embarrassed, not just media members, but just UNC alums, uh, some taking down their degrees. I mean, I couldn't even imagine if something like that happened at UK or Louisville or, or how how I would feel about it, just knowing that um, the place I called home for four years and grew up loving was basically cheating, lying, and embarrassing itself. So we'll talk more about exactly what they found and, again, like I said, what it means for UNC and and, and its athletic program. Because up until today, uh, people around UNC said this was just an academic issue that they were looking at. And then, of course, today it is clearly more than that. As always, tweet into the show at T. Walker Rivals. I'd love to hear from you. You can tweet, text, do whatever you need to get in. And we'll we'll discuss what's going on in the sports world today. Yates, how are you today? Doing good, TJ. How are you? I'm doing great. So is there any follow-up on yesterday? I know a lot of people were confused about that. Um, <laughs> did you uh, – any follow-up? Well, as I stated yesterday, the uh, dish soap story was not true. <laughs> your your follow up accusation could possibly be true, and that's what you're sticking to. Yeah, I mean, no. I, I guess if you really want the details, I can give you the details. 
Well, let's let's go ahead and get the details. This will be we'll we'll count this as one of your questions. It's it's Ask Yates Wednesdays, so I'll make sure you get your questions into the show. We'll count this as one of your questions. Give us just give us that full story. <laughs> okay. Well, for those that don't remember, uh, after taking a shot of dish barbecue sauce. Um, so there was a, a party that we were having. That was maybe a sophomore. And there was a, a guy in the fraternity who known for trying to get people to take shots of condiments for whatever reason. Even still, I'm a little more of a quiet type guy, a little reserved. So I was pretty intoxicated and <laughs> making, well, not making, but encouraging a certain group of people to take shots of barbecue sauce. There was a little bit left in the bottle, and he asked who was going to kill it, and I thought, me being the quiet guy, it'd look cool if I did it, so I chimed in and said that I would, and turned up the bottle of Casey Masterpiece and proceeded to chug away. I mean, there wasn't very much left in the bottle, but there was enough. How was it? Uh, to be honest with you, I was uh, at a stage in the night where I don't really remember. <clears throat> I think we've all been there before, Yates. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> that's really not that bad of a story. But uh, Yates, uh, based on what our my my listeners know of you, and I'm assuming the majority of our listeners are just my friends, the majority of the people I talk to on the Google G Chat every day, uh, but they think you're this mysterious person. Most of them don't know what you look like, although there's pictures of. Uh, you on my Facebook that we're tagged in together, but you're this mysterious person. So any story involving you and maybe um, shots of soap that turned out to be untrue or barbecue sauce gets gets a lot of play. So we'll we'll get more questions to you later on, um, and I look forward to doing that. We used to when I was in grade school, we would make this. We we made this a group of friends of ours made a video uh it was a, like a jackass video called dads for dumb and dangerous stunts um not because we had kids while we were in the seventh grade but we would make a drink just filled with all this nasty nasty junk and force one person to drink it um it was never me felt really bad looking back because this the, the kid who did it did not want to do it by choice but we'd take a video of him drinking it and Man, the color of that thing just was disgusting. The smell, you couldn't be near it. He would drink it. But uh, on a side note, those those dad's videos, we really well done for seventh graders. We sold them at school, made like 150 bucks, 160 bucks. And then, of course, it all collapsed and we got in trouble because you're not allowed to sell DVDs at school. But uh, interesting, Yates, interesting fraternity party story. <laughs> People are texting in, wondering why a shot of barbecue sauce is being talked about to lead the show. But that kind of leads off of what we talked about yesterday. Anyways, uh, moving on. Kentucky picked to win the SEC. Not a big surprise for anybody. What kind of did surprise me, and there's a little confusion here on what exactly uh, this stat is about. It's the first time a team has received all 20 votes, all the votes for SEC first 
team. So unanimous. Nobody else received a vote besides Kentucky. Now that what they said was it was the first time since 1996 when Kentucky received all the votes. Does that? There's some questions whether or not does that mean that was the first time a Kentucky team since 1996 or the first team since that Kentucky team? They kind of worded the phrasing poorly. I have a very tough time believing that Florida in 2006, 2007 didn't receive all the votes. That was the returning national title team with um, basically its entire roster back. I would have been shocked if they weren't uh, clear-cut preseason favorites in the SEC. I do have some problems with some other parts of what came out. Obviously, Kentucky should be the number one team, but... Aaron Harrison was named SEC Player of the Year. That was a, a bit surprising to me. I don't think I'd go Aaron Harrison, and I don't think if it was for his clutch shots in the NCAA tournament last year that he would be named SEC uh, Preseason Player of the Year. That has a lot to do with it, and he should be rewarded for those shots, and they were big shots, and he actually, those shots aside, uh, played really well in the tournament, really stepped up his game along with UK's entire team in the SEC tournament and into the NCAA tournament. But for the duration of the season, he was he was just an okay to good player. And you don't pick SEC preseason player of the year based on what they did last year, or strictly based on what they did last year. You, you do it what you think they're going to do during the season. That's And Aaron Harrison's going to have a good year, and he's going to... You know, he's a flashy player. He's going to knock down threes. He's going to be able to score anywhere on the floor. But it just wouldn't be my pick. And I think the reason you see him land as the number one player again because of his shots last year, but there's just not really a dominant one single player in the SEC, especially outside of Kentucky. Uh, and even on Kentucky, I don't know if you have a, a surefire top five top 10 draft pick. I think Carl Anthony Towns could certainly sneak into there uh, because of his potential and his ability to score on the offensive end. Uh, he could end up maybe being, you know, a top three pick even, but maybe only he is the surefire pro. It's a, it's a league that has a lot of good players, but maybe not a ton of great players. And it's a league that all the, the few great players and the majority of the good players all are on the same team. And that's why I had such a problem with the first team, all SEC team. Uh, it, it was Bobby Portis from Arkansas, Michael Frazier from Florida, Jordan Mickey from LSU, and Jarvis Summers for Ole Miss. Yates, as a Louisville fan and some of the Louisville fans that listen to this show, how many of those players have you ever heard of before? Um, I don't think any of them. Really? I, I would think that most people should know Michael Frazier just because uh, he played Kentucky three times, played in the Final Four. Um, Jordan Mickey is an, I, I, you know, I, I know all of them. I don't, I don't remember a ton about Jarvis Summers, to be honest, but I, I, I am familiar with him, and I know he's a, an actual person in existence. But the other three, you know, the other three along with Aaron Harrison, I do know. Um, but it's not crazy to me that an outside fan, a, a casual college basketball fan, or a, you know, a, a very passionate college basketball fan of a team outside the SEC would not be familiar with any of those besides Aaron Harrison. Uh, I, that's the thing that kind of makes me upset about conference polls and preseason awards. It's basically at this point become just 
uh, a butt slapping fest where you just say, all right, good job. We're proud of you. You did good work last year. We expect good things about you this year. It's basically propaganda for teams to help sell tickets by saying, hey, look at us. We're Ole Miss basketball. We know we're not going to be good, but we've got first team all SEC or Jarvis Summers on our team. So get out here to uh, the Tad Pad and watch the Rebels. All that's probably actually uh, one of their real commercials, but it's just stupid. It's just stupid. If you were making a team, if, if let's say your career was on the line, regardless of what you do, for some hypothetical reason, uh, somebody came to you and said, you need to pick your best starting five from, an, from the SEC. They're going to have to go up against the best other teams in the conference. Your job's on the line. You pick five players. Go. There is no doubt in my mind that four of those players wouldn't be Kentucky players. No doubt. And the only other person you could potentially put in that list would be Michael Frazier because he's a 45% three-point shooter, uh, a really good outside shooter, is a very coachable player, is is actually a really solid player. But he's the only other guy that could crack the top five SEC players. And that's why this list kind of makes me upset. And you're obviously not going to have all five UK players. It's going to upset people and this and that. But realistically, this is why it kind of upsets me and it's so stupid. The next five would all be UK players, in my opinion. And I really mean that. I would take nine of the top ten players in the SEC and say they're on Kentucky. Yates, is that crazy? Um, No, I mean, it's probably not too terribly crazy. I, I just don't know who you'd have start over... You, you know, you could have two starting fives of SEC players. One would probably need to start Willie Cauley-Stein. The other one would need to start Takari Johnson. You'd have Carl Anthony Towns as a, uh, a four on one of them. You could probably play Alex Poitras as a four on the other. Maybe Marcus Lee. I mean, I, I think I would maybe take Marcus Lee over Jordan Mickey. It, it, it's not crazy to think that. Bobby Portis, the Arkansas guard, wouldn't wouldn't even get a sniff of either one of those teams. Again, Michael Frazier should, and then Jarvis Summers. Of course not. Get out of here. So I I would feel confident in doing that. Uh, uh, That's just the SEC for you. I think Florida's going to be okay. I think they're going to have a a solid year. They're going to be an NCAA tournament team. I mean, they're a a team that has been to the Elite Eight four straight years with one Final Four, of course, coming last year. I think they're going to be good. They're going to be competitive. Outside of that, I'm not so sure. I think Tennessee losing Quanzo Martin is going to do them any favors this year. Uh, South Carolina will be a little bit better, but not overwhelming. Arkansas was such a weird team last year. Do they figure it out? I'm not sure. LSU, I think, will be better. Uh, I think they should be. I, I think LSU should probably be a tournament team, and and LSU next year could be really really good. Uh, watch out for that, but that's not. It's still this year. So the the rankings of the SEC teams and the uh, the way they they were voted on by the media: Kentucky number one, Florida, Arkansas three, LSU four, Georgia, Ole Miss, Missouri coming in at number seven. Auburn with Bruce Pearl comes in at number eight. Uh, that Auburn team is not. Talent-wise, it's probably not a top-12 team in the SEC. 
but it shows you what having a coach like Bruce, Bruce Pearl can do with your um, the way you're perceived by the media. And, and they, they should, by all means, with how bad the SEC is. Uh, they, they certainly could finish in the top eight by having a coach like Bruce Pearl. Uh, but talent-wise, it's the same old Auburn. Texas A&M comes at number nine. Alabama, 10. I'm not, I'm not sure how Grant still has a job at Alabama. We'll see. Vanderbilt, 11. South Carolina, 12. Tennessee, 13. And then 14th, Mississippi State. Uh, the, <laughs> really an uphill, uphill battle at Mississippi State, bringing that team to, to relevance yet, yet again. And we got a text in to the show from Stove saying that Jer- Jordan Mickey dominated UK last year. Uh, LSU, <laughs> LSU played Kentucky uh, very well last year, despite just going one and two, remind you. They only beat Kentucky one time. Uh, but but Jordan, they had a Johnny O'Brien was a very tough matchup for whatever reason for Kentucky. Uh, but Jordan Mickey certainly wasn't a slouch by any means. He had 14 points. Uh, at home versus versus Kentucky, had 11 points on the road, and then in the SEC tournament he had 12 points, uh, double double, 12 and 13. Uh, but that was a game that Kentucky absolutely dominated. Uh, so Jordan Mickey did have good numbers against Kentucky. I wouldn't say dominated uh, by any stretch of the imagination, um, but uh, but did play well, and I'm sure he'll play well this year. But uh, I'm not too worried. If you're a Kentucky fan, I wouldn't be too worried about LSU's front line without Johnny O'Brien. Just my opinion. We'd have to wait and see. So uh, that's some of the news that came out from the SEC today. Uh, they took the tour. They took media on a tour of SEC Network and their campus. And uh, Aaron and Andrew Harrison were were. Uh, the UK players that talk to the media. Uh, one of my friends that's a media person, uh, a, a UK media member that is down there. UK didn't send a lot of media members because we've gotten all these guys uh, a lot recently. So the first question asked to Andrew and Aaron Harrison is how cool is it to be down here at SEC Media Day as brothers together? How in the world do you answer that question? Uh, just so 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 stupid, uh, which kind of brings me. I, I've I've been kind of uh, sassy. I think would be an okay word to say today, and it got me. I, I tweeted out that too many media members are tweeting out constant links, uh, just the same links over and over again with the with the. Acronym ICYMI, in case you missed it. This is a big problem on Twitter. First off, uh, people follow you for a reason. So if they're following you, they likely saw your original tweet, your link to whatever story you're tweeting about. They likely did. But let's say news broke late at night or uh, yeah your Twitter noob and you accidentally tweeted it during a rush of another news story. Like when all the UNC news broke today, what if I tweeted out a story link and, you know, realized it was maybe a good story or something interesting and I didn't see anybody really react to it. Then maybe later that night you tweet out one, I, I see why am I? And you tweet it out and you say, Hey guys, this might've slipped through the cracks earlier today, but so-and-so commits to Kentucky or whatever it may be. 
maybe you do that once. There are some media members that tweet out every single day constant, constant retweets and relinks of their stories. It's almost desperate, in my opinion, and it, 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 I've had, it really annoys some of the Twitter followers that they have. I think it's a good way to lose Twitter followers, uh, in my opinion. Anyways, um, Yates, I think we had talked last week that we were hoping to do that riddle, make it maybe a, a daily tradition. Yes. Um, we. It's been a while, so we're waiting on that. Hopefully, we'll we'll get one today. Uh, we can read it on the air. Of course, we have some other questions that uh, we're going to ask you later into the show, and uh, we're we're going to head to our first break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little more UNC. Um, how I can't see a scenario that Roy Williams keeps his job. Uh, just keep. And not only can do I not see a, a, a scenario where Roy Williams keeps his job. Who else is going to hire Roy Williams at his old age? Uh, it could be the end of Roy Williams' career. And uh, we're going to talk fantasy basketball, too, because I, I wanted to talk about that. I kind of want to get a feel um, for, you know, who should be the top five or top ten fantasy players and, and where they should go. I think fantasy basketball is exciting if you're a basketball fan, especially if you're a U.K. fan with all the uh, U.K. pros into the league. Uh, Louisville's starting to starting to get their fair share of pros, too. So uh, I, I'm pretty excited for my fantasy basketball draft tomorrow. So we're going to talk about that. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We will be right back. Listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We're back here, second segment, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Let's get to some text and, and messages in the in a uh, G chat that I'm in that I spoke about last week. Sean says Roy Williams is 64 years old. Larry Brown is 70. He'd get hired somewhere. Maybe. Maybe he would. Uh, if I was an AD at a program that takes academic academics seriously, and I uh, wanted my reputation to stay intact, then I certainly wouldn't hire him. Larry Brown, uh, who he corrects himself and says that Larry Brown's seventy-four years old. Uh, I would have thought Roy Williams is older than sixty-four years old. That's the same age as my stepdad, and my stepdad looks much better than Roy Williams does. But Roy Williams, after this, uh, if this works out the way that I think it may work out, uh, he's going to. It, it's going to be humiliating for him because you have an academic advisor saying specifically that Roy Williams told them to make things easy for his players and do this and that. Now, Roy Williams has said that he never said that and he wasn't really in touch with this person. Uh, but this person's saying that, no, they were they were in constant contact. So this is going to get ugly. And even at the, the 
best case scenario, if Roy Williams had no idea, which there are some people that followed him from Kansas to UNC that were academic advisors that are uh, involved in this mess. Even in the best case scenario that he didn't know about any of this and he's shocked, he couldn't believe it's been going on for 18 years at UNC. So it goes on before him, uh, but he doesn't, he certainly doesn't stop it. He doesn't try to change it. it. It seems like he perfectly contributed into it, but let's just say he didn't even know about it. It still all went on. How naive and stupid can you be to have all this go on underneath you? And I'm sure there are some people out there that would say basketball coaches – they, don't, they need to worry about winning basketball games. They don't need to worry about academics. They've got other people for that. There are other. It's not like you're going to have Coach Calipari or Rick Pitino go tutor their players because one's having a bad grade in geometry. But you better believe that they're aware of their academic situations and their eligibility situations and their course load to an extent. You had several UNC basketball players taking fake classes for a fake major. So to me, and and more is going to come out on this, I don't see a scenario that Roy Williams can survive this. Unless he is absolutely bigger than UNC basketball, uh, there is no way I see him surviving this. Because like I said, even in a best case scenario, I don't I, I don't I, I think him being oblivious to it all is really almost possibly even more embarrassing. Cause at least if he knew about it, then hey, it's him cheating and you know at least he's trying to win. It's almost sad if he didn't know about it. Because here you have this sixty four year old old man that has 18 years of cheating going on, his players getting fake degrees and taking fake classes and with fake majors, and, and this poor old guy doesn't know about it. I'm not buying that for a second. He knew about it. He should pay for it. Should be fired. Shouldn't coach again anywhere. I wouldn't hire him. I don't know why any program would unless you were absolutely desperate and didn't care about standards. And I I, want to be careful here and not be, uh, and I want to be sensitive to the situation because they're they're obviously different situations, but not in terms of the crimes that are that were committed or the fraud that was committed at UNC versus the crimes that were committed to Penn State. But Yates, I want your opinion on this. How is this? How is this a lot different than the? Joe Paterno situation where it, it wasn't it wasn't Joe Paterno committing any crimes or doing any wrong but he might have been covering it up he might have known about it and not done anything to stop it uh, again one is uh, much more serious in my opinion than the other but uh, both very very serious on uh, on different levels I mean, they're, in terms of a guy being in charge and all these things happening underneath them, Roy Williams should be held semi-responsible if, if Joe Paterno was fired. 
yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that as far as the coaches' uh, responsibility and all this is is all that different between the two situations. Again, I want to be sensitive, and what happened at Penn State, in my opinion, is far worse than academic scandals so players can be eligible to play in athletics. Although, if you're a UNC alum, uh, if you paid tuition to go to UNC, if you value your North Carolina degree, uh, I'm sure this is plenty serious to you. So I want to be careful in comparing the two situations because um, child molestation – rape uh, to me is much more serious than trying to get players eligible uh, faking grades passing players so they, they can play that's uh, they're on different levels in my opinion but the the point of the matter still stands is you had a, a guy that is sometimes thought to be bigger than the program and larger than life at their school Joe Paterno uh, Roy Williams and, and you have so much wrongdoing going on underneath them one, you have a tough time believing that they didn't know something was going on. Uh, it, you would think that when you are the king of a program like these guys are, they know everything, ins and outs. Uh, anything that maybe slipped through the cracks would be very minimal, not huge like both these ordeals. So I, I don't see a situation where Roy Williams keeps this job. And it's unfortunate, but so is blatantly cheating. That's that's really unfortunate too. So have a uh, uh, an unrelated text into the show. Rob Blackhawk says the most annoying thing to him on Twitter is when people manual do manual retweets. And he says the only time you should do that if you add a comment to it. Well, obviously you know why people do that on Twitter. Rob Blackhawk, they do that so that they can have people retweet that tweet. And not uh, just retweet the tweet. And they they want to get their name out there and attention out there as much as they have. And I'm sure I've probably done that before. Unfortunately, usually I'll do that and put the person's name because uh, Twitter names these days are so ridiculous. Uh, I <laughs> uh, so I like to put who the person is that says the tweet. So whoever the, my followers are and readers are don't have to go and click on their name and try to decipher all these goofy emojis and and characters and all that. But I have been guilty of that in the past, although I don't do it that much anymore. And I generally will add some sort of commentary one way of the other. Anyways, the UNC thing is, uh, is ugly and it won't get much better in time. Uh, We'll have to see, we'll have to get Roy Williams side of things uh, what he'll have to say, I'm curious. But uh, I will give credit, and, and this is going to be hard, uh, 1,500 student-athletes. 1,500 were involved in, in widespread academic fraud. And, and UNC's to blame, and uh, you know I think that should just be a, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. Pink slips should fill the halls at Chapel Hill. But I will say this. It does seem like when they were doing this investigation at some point, UNC, which was uh, big in this investigation, at some point they took a step back and just probably had a oh-no moment. 
like a, a jaw dropping to the floor. This is bad moment. So at least now they're 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 not. It looks like they're not hiding anything. They're gonna go all out and, and make sure change is a hundred percent happens at UNC. Stove types in the G chat saying, uh, "I do that all. I, I I tweet like that all the time. I disagree with that. Give me a break." And second off, I'm a volume tweeter anyways. So if I've done it once or twice, I'm sure I've probably... I'm sure I've probably done it. I've been tweeting since 2009. Give me a break. But I do agree that it, that can be annoying. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a conscious effort not to do it again. Yeah, it's anything with this UNC thing that I'm missing before I, I move on? Uh, no. Nothing I can think of. It's pretty crazy that it, it, it was so widespread and went so unnoticed that long. The funny thing, the, who was it? Rashad McCants, that was the one that was kind of talking about who, who brought it up about a year ago, whenever it was, saying uh, it, stuff like this was going on. It was him, right? Yes. It, it's so funny how he was basically blackballed by UNC athletes after that. People called him out, said that he was a liar, a cheat. He'll never be welcomed back by UNC. And it turns out that he was 100% spot on. So, uh, that's, I mean, that's just, what a mess. Yates, what would you do if this happened at Louisville? I would be... what if this happened with Rick Pitino in Louisville and it was the exact same situation? Not just Rick Pitino, but it also affected football programs, all other athletic programs, but a, a certain emphasis put on the basketball program. I mean, I think you'd have to be pretty humiliated as a, a fan and uh, especially as an, an alum of the university. And and yeah, pretty, I, pretty angry as well. All those emotions and feelings uh, would be 100%. Honestly, if this happened at UK and and since covering UK, I'm not, you know, I I don't really care as much about the wins and losses as I used to as a a young child. But as a UK alum, if this happened, I wouldn't support Kentucky athletics, Kentucky academics, uh, anything that had to do with UK until everybody I knew was responsible was fired. And if there was one person, I don't care if it was even a counselor that was a part of it. If there was one person that I knew was still employed by the university after making such um, horrible, horrible mistakes, I wouldn't support the program, the athletic program, the any of it. I wouldn't let my kids go there, period. I, I, would, I would be done with them until they started to try to make things right. And you don't make things right unless you fire everybody involved. And I'm sure there's some innocent people that were dragged into it to, to make them guilty and they really didn't have any choice as long as they wanted a job. But at that point, you've got to, I mean, you, you would hope that ethics would tap in and you'd have morals and, and not and, and not want to associate yourself with that. So I really would, and it's much easier said than done. But I really would be done with 
with UK if something like this happened. At least for the, until they just got rid of everybody. But luckily, uh, Kentucky and, and Louisville's programs don't have to worry about this. I, I'm curious that what could happen to UNC this year. I mean, it's certainly not crazy to think the NCAA banned Penn State from going to bowl games. Uh, you've seen some other schools with academic problems. Uh, they're certainly banned from the NCAA tournament. I wouldn't be completely shocked to see UNC not allowed to play in the NCAA tournament. I mean, when UConn missed in 2013... This what happened at UConn certainly couldn't be any any worse. I think UConn might have had to do with APR scores, but I'm curious to see what's going to happen. You know, what if they do a, a similar Penn State situation where they make every UNC player automatically eligible to go somewhere else? How crazy would that be, Yates? That would be just yeah, crazy. I, I don't know that there's any other word for it that free-for-all for players? I don't think it would impact Kentucky because I don't know who they could get to, that would that would feel that they, they could get a lot of playing time. It'd almost be better if they did have to sit out a year because then maybe you could you could get some guys. I'm sure a lot of those people would go pro anyways, but uh, I wonder if Louisville would get that way. You know, it's, it's all hypothetical right now, but uh, the, the team that got Marcus Page could become a much more serious contender depending on who who would be a good goodness gracious I mean if you got Louisville to, to land Marcus Page uh, that would be insane or if you got Louisville to land a guy like Kennedy Meeks who would be a, a formidable front line with Montrezl Harrell again all hypotheticals but something like it, it could happen it's not crazy to think about this potentially happen, happening uh, still win, waiting on that riddle Yates but uh, fantasy draft is tomorrow, so I want to talk a little bit about that. We're going to head to our last commercial break. Keep your text and, and tweets coming in. Uh, fun show here today on the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. Stick around. To the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. We're back. One final segment here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Yates, we've got the riddle. You ready for it? I am, yes. All right, hold on. Let me let me cough real fast. I got so excited. <coughs> All right, excuse me. All right, we're ready to go. All right. Um, so an army general wanted 10 soldiers to cross a river. There's no bridge, and the soldiers cannot swim. The general saw a rowboat in which two children were on. The boat can either hold two children at one time or one soldier. Soldier, It, it can't hold more than that. How, does, how do the soldiers cross the river in the boat? That's a good one. I'll have to think about that. This came right when we went to break, and I've been thinking about it all break. I don't know. Unless you use some stupid hypothetical, I don't think there is an easy answer. And the initial answer for me was, well, you have 
one you drop one kid off on the on side B where the soldiers are not, and then you have the other kid roll row to side A where the soldiers are. They get out there. A soldier goes in, rows himself over to side B. Kid gets back on rowboat, brings it back to side A. But then you bring a soldier back over there. You have both kids on that same side, and it, it doesn't really add up. So you, it, the the put one kid on each side doesn't argument does not hold. Now, I mean, if you wanted to get really hypothetical with it, can the soldiers hold on to the boat since they can't swim, or is that too much weight? I don't know. And I don't even know the answer either because it's in the G chat and whoever put it on there doesn't, hasn't put the answer yet. So something to think about and all you listeners at home, if you know the answer to that riddle, tweet it into me, uh, maybe a special prize that I'd have to think what it could be anyways. So fantasy basketball, <clears throat> Yate, are you going to be able to be involved in this fantasy basketball argument or is this riddle eating, eating you up? Uh, I, I, can you hear me? I can. Okay, I, I might have put it out there. Couldn't I, with regard to the. Oh, you're cutting out again, Yates. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. But right. Sometimes you cut out. Could couldn't you just do the the kids thing over and over? No, because here's why you can't do it. Is I, I tried to I tried to map this out. Is if you drop one kid off and then you bring the other kid to pick up the soldier, then the soldier goes to the other side, the kid gets in, comes back to the boat, but then a soldier goes in the boat to get to the other side. How do they get that boat back after that? Oh, you, 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 two kids go across on the first trip. Sure. Drop one off, the other kid brings the boat back. Sure. Then one soldier rows across. Sure. The kid that was left over there now brings the boat back again. Sure. Picks up the first kid. Yes. They both row the boat back, drop yes. one kid off. Yes. And one kid comes back. <laughs> yeah. Just keep doing that over and over until you get all the soldiers across. I guess. Uh, okay. So you have to go. Oh, so take a while. Long time, but I mean, that's that would get the job done. I think that, I mean, I guess, I'm, I still need to think about it, but I think you're right. So you bring, <laughs> I found it out in my head, I'm sure this makes for compelling radio. You bring a, uh, you drop a kid off, or you drop one kid off, you come back, you have a soldier come on, the other kid comes back, the other kid goes back, drops the kid off, Come back, bring a soldier. Soldier comes over, kid gets on, comes back, picks up. Okay, that would work. That's got to be the answer. But I mean, that, that I would just teach my soldiers how to swim, I think would be the easiest one. Yates, uh, in, in the G chat, you were the first person to get it. All right. That's exciting. Congratulations. That's, that's, this is a, a G chat full of eight working adults, maybe not working all the time. Uh, that it is very, it's it's a huge accomplishment if you're able to be one of the first ones to get it. And you did it today. Anyways, fantasy basketball. Let's move on to that. If 
based on how fantasy basketball works for you that that don't know it's you play for categories or this is the way we're going to play so like i mentioned yesterday there's going to be point yeah whoever scores the most category is going to get a point whoever has the most rebounds is going to get a point whoever gets the most blocked shots this and that so am i crazy for thinking that i would take anthony davis so number one overall over lebron james over curry he'd be my number one choice uh I mean, I think you can make a case for him. I don't know that I would take him over LeBron. I mean, LeBron's a pretty big stat stuffer himself. So, Well, LeBron does do a little bit of everything. But one, I, I wonder, you know, I, I don't think there's any doubt he left Miami to have an easier role in Cleveland, have to do a little bit less. Definitely maybe not take games off, but not have to – carry Cleveland by himself to get him a good position in the playoffs. Uh, he, he's got help. He's got young help. He's got guys with f- more uh, with fresher legs. Anthony Davis is certainly not at the prime of his career, but uh, there's no doubt that he may be the most versatile player in the NBA right now. And they're hungry to get to the playoffs. They have a lot to prove. Every game is going to be important for him. So I would take Anthony Davis number one. And now, this is where you all are going to – my my bias is going to come in. But I would put DeMarcus Cousins in, in the top five. And I'm a big fan of guys like Curry and Harden and, and, and Chris Paul. Those guys are good for points and, and assists and three points, and they can help a lot of categories. But they're not great for, for rebounding and, and block shots and some of those other categories that you need. So I really think if I had a, a the number one pick, I'd pick Anthony Davis. And if I had a top five pick and, and it came to number five and DeMarcus Cousins was there, I'd take him too. That would be my opinion. Uh, I think LeBron's going to have a great year. Kevin Love used to be my favorite fantasy player, but now that he's in Cleveland, I don't know how that's going to change things for him. Uh, probably less points would be maybe the only thing that would be different for him. But I'm excited. Uh, Russell Westbrook's another interesting fantasy player. He also gets his assist rebounds. He honestly, in my opinion, might be one of the better guard options in the in the draft. We'll have to see. Gates, are you a big fan of sushi? I do like sushi. Yes. Have you? I, I'm sure you've been to Sapporo then. Um, actually, I don't think I have been to Sapporo. What? Isn't that like the best sushi place in Louisville? It very well could be. I wouldn't know. I haven't been there. Well, it's one of my best friend's wife's birthday, and obviously she gets to pick the place, and unfortunately, I think we're going to be going there. I think you don't and like sushi? I, I'm not a big sushi fan, it, it, but it's her birthday. She's here now. We're going to take our puppies for a walk, but... um. I, I was just wondering what to expect. Supposedly, the, the kicker is y- you can get more than sushi there. I'll believe it when I see it. Back to the fantasy before we go. S- Stove in the G-chat says that Derrick Rose is a big-time sleeper. I I wouldn't take Derrick Rose. I mean, uh, depending on what value, maybe the third round, second, late second round, I'm not going to touch him. I-, I think he should have a big year if he picks up where he left off before uh, his – 
you know, his legs stopped working, his knee stopped working, I would probably, uh, he's definitely a, a first round pick, but I'm not going to touch him. Uh, anyways, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to today. Hope you all enjoyed the riddle. This is the sports talker with TJ Walker on 1450, the sports buzz. We'll see you tomorrow. They say welcome to the 502. Take the Jordan boy, show him how Kentucky do. Oprah Priest Classics, paint Kentucky blue. They say don't forget to seven, no be hitting two. So I'll call it blue grass, so I'll call it purple. I'ma call it home. Take a shot of tone.